All right. Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, very happy Mother's Day to everyone who is tuned in, watching, and and participating in worship with us all over the uh, all over the country. I believe for those of you who are not in the Northeast, would you believe we had snow yesterday, the day before Mother's Day, uh, in the middle of June? We had snow here, so this has been a very very strange spring. Uh, and just this season continues to get a little bit more unique as the days go by. Uh, but we're here. I hope you're doing well. And uh, thank you for, for making the space to, to gather together um, the best way that we can for these times that we are in. And uh, we are going to just uh, take some, some time and, and celebrate moms a little bit today. Why don't we just pray together before we do that? Lord, thank you so much. For a good morning, uh, Lord, for the blessing of a new day, and uh, Lord, for the opportunity again, uh, Lord, to, to, to join together and, and, and worship you, Lord, to exalt your name, to, 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 to just raise the name and the fame of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you are worthy of all the praise, all the honor, all the glory that we could give you, and uh, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to do that. We pray this morning, Lord, as we open up your word, that you would open up our hearts. And uh, Lord, uh, give us eyes to see uh, what you want us to see. And we pray that your will would be done. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. All right. Well, uh, back in the early 90s, uh, an artist named Peter Cetera sang a song about what one good woman can do. Maybe you remember that. Maybe you weren't even alive when that song came out. Um, but either way, so many of us can testify how our lives are the byproducts of the good women that God has placed in our lives. And, and it's just so appropriate to have a day set apart on the calendar to celebrate our moms. Uh, I hope that you have plans to spoil them as much as you possibly can today. Uh, I do want to tell you, though, as a pastor's true confession, that Mother's Day is by far the most challenging holiday for me to speak about, for me to speak on. And, and the reason is that Mother's Day is just literally loaded with landmines. That's, that's just the reality. And, and over the past 20 years of being in ministry, uh, even though I have tried my hardest to be as delicate as possible with this subject, I've honestly, I've probably stepped on everyone. I've set off landmines just about every time I talk on the subject of moms because the reality is, is that it's just a, it's a very charged and a very loaded topic for all kinds of reasons. Um, there's just so many different factors that have to be weighed in. Like, like on Mother's Day, there are many who are grieving because they've recently lost their moms. And, and that brings this whole element. It amplifies the pain of that loss. And Mother's Day just brings that front and center. There's, there's many who, who, who desperately long to be a mom. But for one reason or another, that's not where they're at. And, and Mother's Day can just amplify that longing. And, uh, and there's, there's others who may not be on speaking terms with their mothers for one reason or another. Or they have a history that brings up all kinds of, of emotionally charged memories. 
And so it just makes it difficult. It makes it challenging. And, and, and so one year I even thought maybe the best thing to do is to just skip the subject and not preach on Mother's Day at all. Tried it. That was a mistake. And I heard about it. And I'll just uh, let you know that uh, I do appreciate moms. And, uh, and, and for me this morning, goal number one on Mother's Day is not set off any landmines. All right, uh, that's goal number one. And, and I have to tell you just up front that the passage that we're turning to this morning isn't going to help me very much because we're going to Proverbs chapter 31. Yes, we're, we're going there. And, and for those of you who don't know, that is a dangerous place to go on Mother's Day because, well, well some of you ladies right off the bat, you heard that. You heard me say Proverbs 31, and automatically your defenses have kicked into high gear, right? I can't see your faces. I can't read your responses. But did any arms fold like this? Did, did any hands start tightening and clenching into a fist? That's, that's a very common response um, because for a lot of ladies, they've spent their, their, their time in church hearing about this chapter a lot. You've heard all about the, the Proverbs 31 woman. You've been told that, that she sets the standard for the kind of women, uh, the kind of wife, the kind of mother that you're supposed to be, right? If, maybe that sounds familiar. Or sometimes she is seen as this is the checklist for what the good guys are looking for in their pursuit of a mate. And, and, so, and so she kind of becomes the church version of a Barbie doll. So what that means is that no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you are never going to be that Proverbs 31 lady because the reality is she doesn't exist, right? Um, I don't know if I'm getting warm, um, if that resonates with any of you, but, but there are a lot of emotional responses to this passage in particular. And so some of you ladies might be wondering now, are you telling me I am spending Mother's Day morning listening to a pastor remind me of all of the expectations that I'm failing to live up to? Don't worry. Uh, I'll tell you right up front, that, that is not my intention. That is not what we are going to do. And, um, and I, I will tell you that Proverbs 31, um, I did preach on that one Mother's Day. And uh, it had a few hints of that kind of... Um, that kind of, you know, kind of theme in, in, my, in, in my sermon. Um, it was 10 years ago, and I got to be honest with you, it didn't go the way that I intended. And, uh, and, and afterwards, the feedback I got was kind of like this. People said, well, we know your intentions were well. Brian, you tried. We still love you, and it's all going to be okay. Um, and if you, if you don't know, if you're wondering, that's basically, for pastors, that's code for that sermon was an epic fail. Don't ever do that again. And so I put that Proverbs 31 passage up on a shelf for 10 years. It's taken me 10 years to pull it back out. And, and, and in that time, I, I've kind of adjusted the way that I interpret and look through this passage. And what I want to do is, is just take a few moments to, um, to, to put Proverbs 31 into context. 
And then after I do that, we will actually dive into it and, and read through it. So, so the Old Testament book of Proverbs, as a whole, this book is it's bookended by two women at the front and at the back. In chapter one, we're introduced to Lady Wisdom. Now, now the theme of the entire book is is personified as a woman to pursue. So it's 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 from the perspective of a father's words written to his young son who's coming of age, who's approaching manhood, and he tells his son, pursue wisdom the same way that you pursue a woman. And 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 so for for, for a young guy, that imagery connects, right? That that works. And, and then after he does that, the book goes on and it just unpacks, here's what wisdom looks like. And, and wisdom, it's not about getting the right answers on a test. It's about making the right decisions in life. And there's basically like 30 chapters filled with insights and observations and these just like nuggets of how to navigate through life successfully. And then we get to Proverbs 31. We get to the final chapter of the book. And it closes with this snapshot of another young man. But this time, it's his mom who's instructing him. And she tells him all about the kind of attributes to look for in a wife. And and so on one level, okay, you can look at all this very literally and say, okay, here is your checklist for a, a wife. There, there's some problems with that. I won't get into it. But on another level... It goes way beyond that. It's so much more than just a model for that because what we're seeing here is this is the final snapshot of that same lady wisdom that that young man had been introduced to way back in chapter one. And so, and so he's had 30 chapters of instruction, 30 chapters of getting acquainted with, with this personification of wisdom. And now at the very end, Mom is telling him, and by the way, by extension, mom is telling us as well, seal the deal with that one. Make wisdom your lifelong companion. Okay? So I hope that makes a little bit of sense because what that means is that whether you're a mom or a dad, a husband or a wife, a parent or a child, the point is this. Make a lifelong commitment to wisdom. And, and most particularly, since it's set in the context of a young person hearing this, children, as you're growing up, the greatest gift you can give to your mom is that commitment to live wisely. In the passage, it's going to tell us how to do that, what it looks like. And, and more than anything, what we are seeing here is, is this wedding of our appetites to immerse ourselves in the life of wisdom, in the book of Proverbs. So, so here's what it says. It starts out and says this, An excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. So the first thing it's telling us here is, is to treasure Lady wisdom, to treasure, to treasure wisdom. And, and, and if you have wisdom as a lifelong companion, you have a priceless treasure. It says, she is far more precious than jewels. 
Jewels would have been the most prized possession back in ancient times, but he says they cannot compare to, to living life wisely. If you've got wisdom, you've got a treasure. And, and so what exactly do we mean by, by having wisdom? What does it mean to treasure wisdom, and, and how do we get it? So wisdom, we already said, it's, it's the, the capacity to make right life choices. The idea is that life is filled with critical choices. We, we come to these forks in the road where we're forced to make a decision. How am I going to move forward? Am I going to go down this path or am I going to go down that path? It's going to be one or the other. And, and we see how precious wisdom is when we recognize how much those choices matter. Our choices matter. Even minor decisions, sometimes they have the capacity to shift the trajectory of our lives in major ways. And, and so that means the criteria that we set up in our lives, that we put in place to decide and, and, and to guide our decision-making process, it's crucial. It's crucial because, because wise decisions are life-giving and, and unwise decisions are life-taking. That's, that's the essence of what wisdom teaches us. It, it teaches us how to see below the surface, how to get to the heart of, of what really matters, how to connect choices with the consequences. And, and overall, it's recognizing that we're God's people, that we're living in God's world, and that requires that we learn how to do life God's way. That's, that's the way of wisdom. And, and the book of Proverbs, it's filled with all kinds of examples of every type of life scenario. And the intent is that it would teach us, that it would train us on how to navigate life decisions well. And, and I would tell you that this book, the book of Proverbs, is incredibly relevant. It is so intensely practical and it's immediately applicable. And it's really one of the easiest entry points into, uh, into diving into the Bible. If you're looking for a place to dive into Bible reading, Proverbs is a great place to start. And, and by treasuring wisdom, one of the primary ways we do that is by opening up the book of Proverbs early and often and, and letting it teach us, letting it school us. Because it covers every type of topic from how we use our words to, to who we choose to hang out with to our attitude towards debt and money and how to deal with temptations. Let, let me just give you a few examples. Proverbs seventeen twenty eight says this. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. He who closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. So that's just really practical. If you don't know the answer to something, sometimes, you know, they say fake it till you make it. But the moment you open up your mouth, you show yourself to either be someone with knowledge or not. So if you don't know, keep your mouth shut and you might still be think people will still think that you're 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 smart. You've got some good intelligence. Um, Proverbs 11:2 says this, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. As it's just like essential life skill is humility. Warring against pride. Nothing is as destructive to our life choices as pride of that, that, that feeling like, I've got it figured out. I don't need your help. I've got it taken care of. Proverbs 11.22. 
This is some interesting imagery here. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. How about that? That is, that is a very vivid word picture that basically looks are not everything, right? See deeper than that. Proverbs 14, 15, the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thoughts to his steps. Now, I'm just not going to just believe everything I'm told. I'm going to process that. I'm going to think that through before I get on board with what's being said. Uh, Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Yeah, what are we doing with our anger? How are we working through that? Are we letting it flare up? That's going to make a big, big consequence in terms of how our life direction goes. Here's, here's one last one. Proverbs 27, 14 says this, Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. Some of you know that, right? You've got your morning people in your life. They get up at five o'clock in the morning. They bust into your room. Hallelujah, it's a beautiful day. And you say, I hate you. (laughs) Get out of here, right? Blessing at the wrong time early in the morning will be counted as cursing. That's This is critical life skills. Okay, there are 31 chapters of that in the book of Proverbs. And, And what that means Very practically, you can read one chapter every day and you can make it through the entire book in a month. And then you could start over again because there's going to always be things that you're learning and missing. Every time you read through a chapter, you can just ask the Lord, highlight from me just one or two things here that I can take home, that I can apply in my life. Or here's a riskier one. Read it together with someone else, maybe your spouse, maybe your family, maybe a friend. And say, hey, which, what's in this chapter that you think I, I, I can kind of use? What can I take home? Let them speak into that. Um, treasure wisdom. That's the first point. And the passage is going to go on now, and it's going to highlight the activities that wisdom takes. It says this. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ship of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hands to the floor, to to the poor, and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow, for her households are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. All right. There's a lot there, but what you get the idea is that when, when wisdom becomes our lifelong companion, then, then follow the imagery, right? Where, where she goes, you follow. 
And, and, and you notice from these verses that wisdom is a pretty busy lady. Wisdom lights a fire. She's, she's not sitting around on the couch. She's not waiting for life to come to her. Wisdom gets out and takes action and makes things happen. So, so wisdom, if, if we're living with it, it is going to shift our life from neutral into drive. It, it starts with discerning, here's what needs to get done, and then it rolls up its sleeves and gets busy doing it. So, so here we see in this passage a day in the life of Lady Wisdom. It, it says she searches out wool and flax. She rolls up her sleeves and works with her hands. She's up before dawn. She puts together what her household needs, and she takes care of everything that needs her attention. Now, now again, just to clarify and just to be clear, this has nothing to do with gender roles or any kind of expectations in that way. This is simply an example. It's a snapshot of the kind of daily habits that a wise man or a wise woman is going to have in place in their lives. And there's this ongoing theme all throughout the book of Proverbs about diligence, about throwing off passivity, about guarding against what the book describes as slothfulness. Proverbs 13.4 tells us the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. What we're seeing here in Proverbs 31, that's just simply a snapshot of that. There's intentionality, there's determination, and there's resolution. Wisdom doesn't say, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to that whenever I feel like it. It, it does the opposite. It says, I'll do it, and, and maybe at some point I'll start feeling it, but I'm not going to let that stop me. Wisdom invests. It says that she does today what is going to bear fruit and bear a return in the future. And, and it has what you would call an evident old-fashioned work ethic. Right? Up early, taking care of business, rolling up my sleeves, doing physical labor if that's what it takes. And it says her lamp is staying lit through the night. There's, there's no substitute for a willingness to work hard. It's an essential life skill. And, and truth be told, some of these qualities are in very short supply these days. So, so kids... I'll tell you this, if you want to bless your mom today on Mother's Day, look around for something that needs to get done and do it. Find out something that needs to get done before she actually asks you to do it. And, and I guarantee you that will make her day. And, and in addition to that, cultivate that kind of attitude because it's going to serve you well all through life because out in the real world... Binging on video games and Netflix aren't going to take you far. But taking action and being a person of initiative, that will, and it does. And, and I'm, still, I'm still trying to find those proverbs that, that talk about, here's what I'm owed. Here's what I'm entitled to. Let, let me know if you find any. I haven't been able to yet. Proverbs celebrates the dignity of the daily grind. You know, even when no one's applauding you, even when no, one, no one's handing out trophies or telling you how amazing you are, wisdom just recognizes that I'm going to do what has to get done. Wisdom recognizes that talent is overrated, right? Talent can't compare with a strong work ethic. And if you have the choice, either a strong ethic, work ethic, or a talent, 
the strong work ethic is going to take you farther than talent with a lack of drive and a lack of emotion ever will. And again, what, what we see here in this profile, it's really just a summary of what we find all throughout the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is generous. It's compassionate to those in need. It, it, it prepares for the come what mays and the what ifs. So when the snow starts falling, you know, it says she's ready for it. It's, it says she, she laughs at the time to come. Now, now, don't mistake that for pride. That's not being prideful. What it is, it's saying, I'm prepared. I'm ready for come what may. And, and truth be told, none of us are probably there, right? And we don't arrive at a place like that overnight. But here's the point. Every day we're making daily decisions. And the decisions that we take are taking us either one step closer to that or one step farther away. So we can build up this pattern of, of making wise life choices. Let's, let's finish up here and look at the outcomes and the rewards that come from, from, from tying the knot together with wisdom. It says this, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. So the point again here is that if wisdom is your lifelong companion, that what they say about her, they're also going to say about you. That's, that's the point. Wise living leads to a blessed life. And that may be the major theme of the book of Proverbs. Making the right decisions over the long haul will bring you to a place of blessing. And it gives us a snapshot of what true blessing looks like. And, and it clarifies for us that it's not about the outside. It's not about exteriors. It's not about outside beauty. And, 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 you know, sometimes I feel like our culture's shallow obsession with the exteriors and, and, and exalting youth and, and fading glamour. It's just an indictment on how backwards and how broken our world is. By the way, I like this, this particular proverb more and more. Proverbs 16.31 says this, Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. In other words, if you have survived long enough to get some gray hairs, that's a crown to be celebrated. That's a good thing. That's wisdom. It treasures not just outside beauty, it treasures inner beauty, the character that comes from that just foundational fear of the Lord. It talks about the fear of the Lord, and, and that's where the wisdom, the path to leave, living out a life of wisdom starts. It's it says, I'm living my life unto the Lord, first and foremost. And what matters to him is what matters to me. And that means I'm not taking shortcuts. I'm not looking for options where I can just get away with what I'm able to when no one else is looking. I'm living every part of my life as unto the Lord because he sees it all. He sees it all. It teaches us that blessing is a byproduct, right? We're not looking for the get-rich-quick kind of scheme or how can I fast-track my life to, to get this immediately now, but it's a byproduct. It says, give her the fruit of her hands. Let her works praise her 
in the gates. That means I'm not taking shortcuts. I'm, I'm living out wisdom with the understanding that over the long haul, it's leading somewhere. And, and make no mistake, where it leads to is good. And, and so many of us can, can point to the blessings that we've experienced in our lives and just say, my blessings are the byproduct of someone else's wise living. If they hadn't lived wisely, I wouldn't have enjoyed the blessings that I'm able to enjoy today. And so this is one place in this passage where I am intentionally choosing to take this literally. It says, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband does also. He praises her. You know, Lady Wisdom, she is going to show up in our lives in many different forms. But today is a great day to acknowledge how often she shows up in the lives of, of, of a mom, of our mothers. One of the leading personifications of wisdom in our lives is mom. So, so tell her. Honor her. And, and bless her today. And, and let me close with this. The sincerest form of flattery, the sincerest form of praise is imitation. All right? So, so what you see in your mom or what you see in the lives around you of those who have walked down this path of wisdom, put them in place in your own life. And I will tell you, I think I can speak for your mom and tell you this, that she wants nothing more than for you to be able to navigate through life well. To navigate through the very difficult and challenging life choices that you're going to come to with wisdom and understanding. And so if you are in that adolescent stage of life, um, and in our culture, that starts at like about age 12 and it's extended, they say, these days out to sometimes up to the 30s. But if that's where you're at, make the book of Proverbs your handbook. Make it your handbook for life. Dive deep into it. And I'm sure mom will appreciate all the Mother's Day gifts, you know, the flowers and the food and the candy and the cards and all that. But I think what she really wants she wants for you to tie the knot with wisdom. She wants for you to commit your life to living wisely, to, to, to making wisdom not just, not just a casual acquaintance that you kind of sometimes hang out with, but, but your lifelong companion. That will bless her more than anything else. And that pursuit will lead us to the ultimate personification of wisdom, who is Jesus Christ. Right? Lady Wisdom, here we see here in this passage, or the, the, the noble or wise wife, is really just a reflection that's pointing us to, to Him, to Christ. He's the ultimate source of right living. He's the ultimate source of navigating through life, and He is the wisdom of God. And, and, and true wisdom is, is lived with Christ as the foundation by making Him our lifelong companion, because it's in him that we find the love and the grace and the power and the capacity to walk that path of wisdom. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for, for this morning to, to just be able to dive into this passage, Lord, to, to, to see just the, the many ways, Lord, that you shape and lead our lives. And some of them are just kind of like advanced common sense, Lord, to be able to see 
past the exteriors, to understand choices and consequences, and to learn and to grow. And I pray, Lord, that we would do that. Lord, that we would just uh, just grab hold of everything that you have us have for us, that we could just, in humility, Lord, bring ourselves to this book of Proverbs as students and, and learn and become everything, Lord, that you have in mind, that we might be a blessing, and that as we do that, we would be a blessing to others. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.
time together, I just want to say thank you so much for making this space to worship together online. As an expression of worship, we're also continuing to receive tithes and offerings online as well. To those of you who call Lakeview home, I just want to say thank you so much for your ongoing generosity in giving God our very best in every area of our lives. There are three ways you can give. You can give with us on our website at lakeviewcc.org/give/online. You can download our app, and there is a giving section. Or you can mail a check to our address. Also, if you or someone you know is experiencing any kind of critical needs throughout this time of crisis, please let us know. We'd love to see if there's any way we can jump in and help. And if you're joining us for the first time this morning, and you'd like more information about our church, or if you have questions about taking your next step of faith, please fill out our online welcome card, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. You can also leave a comment or message on our Facebook page. As we conclude today's gathering, will you pray with me? Thank you for this moment that we have to be together apart. I pray for protection, for supplication, for comfort, and for love for all those who are here today and for their loved ones and for the people that they come in contact with. That this moment would not end, but that you would continue past this. Lord, that you would continue to speak to their heart that it would not be about a modification of our actions, but that it would be about a transformed soul moving into the intention that you called us to. Lord, so I thank you for this time, and I pray that we would just occupy what you have for us, that we would move in, in with confidence, knowing that you are our God, and that you will always be there for us. Uh, Lord, that we can step into moments, Lord, uh, with purpose, knowing that uh, no matter what is going on, Lord, that we can trust you. So we thank you because you are a good God, and we praise your name.